Okay, hey, everybody, it's John Perinci. Welcome to Comics Karma, our second podcast here. If you heard the uh, first one, and now you're back to the second one, it means I probably did something good. Makes me happy. Um, We're here to talk to funny, well-known comedians, and basically they talk about their lives and how they laugh, how they learn and live in certain situations. Uh, Like I mentioned before, some people know me as uh, an actor, a comedian, a voiceover guy. For many, many years, I also started doing a lot of impressions. Started doing it way back when I was nine years old. Took care, used to make fun of the students and then uh, the people in uh, grade school and high school. And of course, I got kicked out of the library when I started doing a Captain Kirk, Scotty things like that back in the 70s (laughs) and uh captain what are you talking about got that actually one of the first uh one of the first impressions i ever did on stage is uh sylvester stallone just started coming out of me started because rocky was very big back then and rambo and so on so i said can i do a sylvester let's see course everyone started laughing when they started doing that then of course you got Ned Jack and Nicholson hey man how you doing welcome to comics karma man and of course you got Owen Wilson I don't know how this guy became a big star with his nose and everything wow it's just amazing it's incredible your hair John yeah I'm a star one of my favorite things uh one of my favorite um, cartoons of all time animation is of course Family Guy it's amazing. I've always wanted to meet uh, Seth, but I didn't have a chance. But, uh, of course, Peter Griffin. Yeah, Peter Griffin for the family guy. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Comer Comer. Yeah. And he got Stewie. Oh, yes. What about him? Cool. Come on. Talk to him right now, John. Stop wasting time. <laughs> so those are, my, uh, those are the things that come out of my head once in a while. Um, I'm also an author of a book called uh, What's the Little Wind? I mentioned it in last week's podcast with my friend Perry Kurtz. And um, you can just go to whatsalittlewind.com. Basically, it's uh, 21 chapters of looking at the positive side of life and following your dreams, whatever it is, wherever it is, just go for it. And that's the whole message behind my podcast. And that's why I'm very happy to have uh, my second uh, guest here. And um, it's, uh, you know, this is called Comics Karma. And I'm telling you, this is karma. I uh, just met Danny just a few days ago at uh, at Dimples, of all places. That's right. <laughs> Doing karaoke, you know. And we started talking. And then he told me about himself. I just looked him on, on YouTube and, and uh saw his thing and showed me one of his commercials and things. I go, man. And we started talking about it from some really cool stuff. And I said, you know what, Danny, I got to have you on my show. This is pretty amazing. Um, very popular comedian. has been on Queen Latifah, 2020, many others. So please welcome. Oh, I wasn't actually on 2020. I don't know where that came from. but What is it? I saw something with 2020. I was on The View. I was on. The View? Uh, yeah, I guess hosted The View. Yeah. 
but we'll talk about that. In the <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Jumping ahead. Okay. <laughs> See, I got ADD, so I, I, I'm all over the place, man. <laughs> Anyways, welcome, Mr. Danny McDermott. Oh, now's when I'm supposed to come in. Hi. Yeah. How you doing? I'm in. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. I used your Irish, right, man? Danny McDermott. Daniel Patrick McDermott. Hey, there you go, of course. I learned the accent from a man on the subway. It's begging for money. He was really full of shite. <laughs> you know, it's funny. For last Halloween... Give me a quarter, will you? Please, Danny. <laughs> please. There you go. You know, it's funny. For last Halloween, I didn't have a costume. Uh-huh. And so I went out. I went to this industry party, and I just did the Irish accent the whole time. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I'm Daniel... Actually... You know, I, I got the Irish accent because this is my costume. It's the Irish accent. It's my costume. I'm Samuel Beckett. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I can't. Uh, all of the things I had to think of to write that shite. <laughs> yeah, shite, exactly. <laughs> and, and this girl, let me tell you, I did the whole night. I did the accent, and I never left the accent the whole night. And there was this girl following me around, uh-huh. really cute girl, and uh, she was like, "I know you're really from Ireland." I go. No, I'm not. I'm from Albany, New York. I'm not going to lie to you. This is my, I'm telling you, this is my costume. <laughs> my accent is my costume. She goes, I've been to Ireland. I know. I know. It's a real Irish accent. You're lying. <laughs> and I said, well, you believe what you want to believe. You know, this <laughs> is this is just an accent. I'm putting it on. You, and then, you know what happened? She jumped me. She literally, she goes, she texted me. She goes, Meet me out front if you want to make out. I walked out front, bam. She was all over me. I'm telling you, the accent, if you can hold an accent for a whole night, you're probably probably going to get laid. You probably (laughs) at least make out with a girl. Oh, my God. Did you go through and say, oh, I want you to be my lucky charm? (laughs) I didn't didn't go the cartoon (laughs) Irish. I went the... Oh, come on. (laughs) Let's make out. Let's make love now. Yeah, they don't want to make they don't want to make love to the leprechaun from Lucky, uh, Lucky Charms. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They, they want a real Irish guy. Take, yeah. Let's take a shower with some Irish spring. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's a, I know. I, I I love doing accents too. It's 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 crazy, especially out in L.A. You know, you get you got the Armenian accent. You know, let's go. <laughs> What, 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 what are you talking about? Or oh, the Indian guy, come on, let's go, Danny. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. No, that is a tough one to do. That's a tough one to do. I'm getting chicken curry. <laughs> curry on the bone. <laughs> We're going to um, get sued. I know, um, I know really. Well, you so. are. It's your podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is all about, man. What do you get? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, you said you mentioned you're from... Albany, New York. Yeah, I'm from Albany, so New I'm York. I'm from Rochester, New York, so you know, only a few hours away from yeah. where I was uh, Yeah, you're raised. about, uh, I want to say three hours from yeah, Albany. Yeah, about three, right? four hours, yeah. Three, four hours? Yeah. I went to Alfred University, but we'll get to that in a minute, but I'm from Albany. I, um, Yeah, I grew up there. Uh, actually, I grew up in a small town outside of, well, till I was four, Fuhrbush, I think it was called, or, mm-hmm. and um, I grew up... Uh, from when I up till I was four, I was we were next to this creek. We had a house next to a creek. Mm-hmm. I call it creek. It's creek. I was gonna say it, creek, but we all used to creek. call it creek. You know what I mean? Like we're Hicks, yeah. and yeah. Uh, at least my mother's side of the family. Uh, <laughs> but they're great. I love them all. Right. Uh, but you know, we were country folk uh, for the most part. On, on uh, come from coal miners and stuff like that. And, yeah, I guess you're right. Right. But uh, uh, Albany, yeah. yeah, I lived there until I was four, and then we moved to uh, Colony, New York, which is the largest uh, town land-wise in the United States. Uh, but it's part of Albany. Mm-hmm. It's part of Albany, Schenectady. Uh, I think it's. I think it even stretches into uh, Niskayuna or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, 
but I grew up there. Uh, it was uh, I got picked on a lot when I was a kid. Mm. I got picked on really bad. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a tough. It, t- it was tough, but you know, I think it molded me, made me, uh, you know, think of, course, of all yeah. the comedy and all the funny things and all the insanity and stupidity in people t- as well. I mean, yep. Um, I mean, same thing happened to me too, you know. So, yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. we're comics, man. We got to take it right. out on the world now. Get beat yeah. up playing soccer, you know. Now we got to beat up the world. Get with, with, with our comedy, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but That's uh, yeah, so I grew up there. Um, now, and... did you? Um, you mentioned that uh, earlier when I was talking to you that uh, I guess you got into um, doing stand up in college. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I started in college. Uh, what happened was uh, I went to Alpha University. I was getting my ceramic engineering degree. Uh, for, you know, I studied superconductors, bioceramic implants, all this kind of crazy theoretical, the Heisenberg principle, which is funny right, right. because Heisenberg from, Heisenberg. you know what I mean? That's really, a, that's really an equation uh, uh, from a scientist named Heisenberg. And, and uh, it's, it's how to determine, just so you know, guys, if you watch Breaking Bad, Heisenberg principle is how to determine where an electron is inside an atom, which is kind of impossible, but it's a, it's a, it's a guesstimate, basically, the equation. Right. At any rate, I, I think I got that right. It's been a long time. <laughs> but uh, Sounded right to me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's right. <laughs> Shh, nobody look it up. Um, no, but it was right. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, what happened was I, I... Actually, I started acting first. I was okay. dramatic acting first. I, I auditioned, and I got the lead in my first play. And then I got lead after lead after lead. Uh, That's true. I did. Yeah. I did uh, Death of a Salesman. I was Biff. The, the that was an amazing moment because when I did that play, it really hit home because I had a rough time with my father when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you don't know the play, it's it's about uh, uh this salesman Willie who's having, you know, he's, he's at the end of his career and his son's grown up and his son's not amounted to anything and and so they're still struggling through these issues they love each other they, they, you know but it, it's it's just you know and I and I, and mm-hmm. I could relate to it and there's right. a scene where uh, Biff catches Willie cheating on his mother and I fell on my knees it was a flashback scene and I fell to my knees and tears are streaming down my cheeks I really I really was into it wow and you could hear the this was parents weekend 300 uh, audience members, and you could hear people mm-hmm. not just sniffling, but sobbing wow. in the audience. They were huh. s- literally sobbing, and and it just in that moment, it I, it just hit me. This is what I love. This is what I love to do. And that's so funny. It's and funny. I, you know, yeah. I didn't even have much training, it, it, not any at all, really, except for the direction of uh, Frank, who was a he was just amazing. I don't even know if he's still around, but it was a while ago, but. But then I, I they had essentially, a, yeah, because it's you know it's, it's your upbringing is so close to mine because it's true. I didn't do stand up first. I got into acting like you did. Yeah, exact same thing. And I never acted in my life. And I auditioned for Fiddler on the Roof. Now I don't even. And you were the roof. And no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. The <laughs> Fiddler. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean I never acted in my life, and and I ended up uh, not only do I have to act, but I have to sing. And dance, mm. and I've never done this in my life. You yeah, know? it's like my God. So, um, except in the shower, except in the shower, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I ended up uh, winning the part of Mortka, the innkeeper. Nice, and uh, and it was a big, big, huge part. And it was like the fourth uh, uh, lead, which led to your doorman job in L.A. Here. <laughs> there you go. No. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the innkeeper. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's how um, I started to do it. And then um, I got it just like you started getting into stand up in, um, in, um, in the college. And well, what happened? Yeah, what happened actually was there was yeah. a talent contest. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have to do stand up, but I, I, I was a big fan of, you know, Steve Martin and Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor right. and George Carlin. And so I just decided to throw a routine together. And this never normally happens, but I actually did. I killed. And it was only my first time. And I learned very, I thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be easy for me. Next time I got up, I, I was awful. Mm. I was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was pathetic. And I tried to be funny by going, help me. And everybody just felt sad. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of said, help thank me. you. And, and, and sh- you know, shrugged and went, walked off the stage in shame. <laughs> so. Oh my God. But yeah. Yeah. That's so. Funny. That's how I started. And, started. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, I started in uh well, I still remember this because I go back to Rochester almost every year to visit my uh, family and everything. And they, and uh, there's a place called the Casablanca, and mm. it was like, um, it's like a uh, Mexican place, you know. And they, have, they had live bands there and stuff. And I'm just hanging out, and these guys said there's stand-up comedy and want to give it a try. I said, oh, I'm scared to death. And I was run by these two Greek brothers, George and Ted uh, Petzos. <laughs> so. I said, hey, do you have any hummus over here in the Slovakia? He goes, yeah, yeah. So I ended up doing, uh, just like you, terrified, yep. did it, did okay. Second time, worse. Yep, yep. <laughs> and just got, did it, got a little bit better over and over and over again. And yeah. this is something that people don't realize is is they think, oh, uh, you know, Jim Gaffigan, Lisa Lampanelli, they're amazing. Oh, I'm sure they were always funny. No, they weren't. You start out, you bomb for a couple years. I mean... And you know a lot of comics do dirty stuff just to get some laughs, and but it t- you know even yeah. Robin Williams, everybody bombed for a long time, and yep. they, even throughout their career there were times they bombed, even when they were great. You know, yeah. I don't th- I, th- I think people don't realize that. But. No, yeah, you you have to. I mean that that's it's like it's like anything. You have to get you have to be bad at first. Yep. Then you get better and better, no matter what it well, is. Well, hopefully. I've seen a lot of people who haven't. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I will not name names because I don't talk badly about specific people. <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's quite true. That's quite true. And I'm rooting for them anyway, even if they're going to live their lives in squalor. I know. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I look at some of these guys like, really? Which may be us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Have you really been doing this for 25 years, 20 years? Oh, my God. This is crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? But that was pretty cool that uh, you started your own your own rooms in New York City, uh-huh. and you did help start the careers of Mark Marin. Well, Mark Marin had been he'd been doing it for a while. He'd been Is on he? the Conan O'Brien show and stuff. He was pretty big, but okay, um, I didn't know that. Okay. he hadn't blown up uh, like he is now. Um, there were the, podcast, yeah. but there were a lot of people before they were famous. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely a lot of people. I I was pretty much the biggest producer of stand up comedy outside the comedy clubs at one point. Because I was producing three different comedy rooms. I was giving away 30 spots a week. I was doing like five shows at one place, two two or three shows at the other place, and wow. two or three shows at the other. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, uh, I was getting tons of stage time. Because, I, you know, I would headline after. I, a lot of the time. Of course, he- yeah, when you book a show, just like, yeah. Well, I'd bring the headliner. You know, I'd bring, uh-huh. I'd bring like uh, Todd Berry, Jim Gaffigan, Lisa Lampanelli, Sarah Silverman, Patrice O'Neill. Greg Giraldo, you know, I bring in all these people. Right. And a lot of the time, they wouldn't want to go at the end because right. they, they didn't want the check spot. So right. w- I would let them go first so they'd be like a headliner, and then I'd headline again right after them. 
which is a oh, lot, okay. which is a lot tougher to do, exactly. especially with the check spot. Right. But right. it really made me a much much better comic, you know. And it, hmm. it, you know, so. Yeah, but, I've always been a big fan of um, of Gaffigan and 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 Silverman, and um, you know they're obviously pretty big right now. Well, Jim Gaffigan, before he was famous, he was a hard worker, man. He would, I remember watching him, he'd perform, then he'd get off the stage and he'd take out his notes and he'd mark this, mark that. He even had facial expressions written down sometimes on some of his stuff. Hmm. He was, uh, he was, he, he was serious about it. I mean, wow. you know, you get a lot of comics who drink, then they go up, they get right. down, then they hang right. out, they party, they try to get laid. Right. You know, he, Jim always was writing, always was, um, you know, marking stuff down, taking notes on how he did that that show. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it's probably the best way to do it because most comics, they record it and then they never look at it again. That's right. That's you right. know, I mean... Just like Seinfeld. Seinfeld would, Seinfeld would sit around and write jokes all day and all night, you know, yep, and yep. do things and music. Springsteen would just write music and uh, all day and all night. Yeah, know? well, there's, different types, of, there's yeah. different types of comedians. There's the guys who like to write and then do it, and then there's comics who... Like to get the ideas and flush it out on stage, and that's that's me. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll get the ideas. I'll I'll, right. I'll you know I'll write jokes on like Twitter or Facebook, but then when I get on stage, I'll really flush it out. Right, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's kind of what I do too. You're right. It's true. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different ideas. different styles of comedians. You know. Right, right. So, um, do you have any nice stories about uh, you know how about Sarah Silverman? Was it uh, pretty cool? She was really her? sweet. She was really she really. She seemed nice. very sweet. I uh, saw her at the Improv a few times, and uh, and she remembered me when I came back out here too. She's 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 a good person. I really like her a lot, mm-hmm. and she's very talented. I mean, honestly, I you know I remember um, watching her in my room, and she would do almost all the new material in my room, and so I remember I said, oh, she's pretty good. Then I came out here. And she was doing a regular spot at the Improv, and she blew me away. I couldn't believe yeah. she had great material, really, really great material. And um, but um, a lot, I would have celebrities showing up there all the time. Huh. But uh, there was one show that that I I'll tell you a story about. Yeah, it was yeah. really really amazing. Um, it was uh, I had a, I had another room too. There was a, I had four rooms. Jeez, now that I think about it, this one was at That's the amazing, ha- Hammerstein Ballroom. It was a little room in the Hammerstein Ballroom, so I could say at the Hammerstein Ballroom at Studio 8. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great little room, and it had a uh, sound booth right behind the stage with a window, an open window into the sound booth, okay? And so one night, I booked all headliners this one night. I just made it a blowout show. I had um, Lynn Coplitz, you know her? No. She's been on a ton of shows. Um, uh, she was just, I think, she, what was she? Was she on The Apprentice even? I don't know. She was on a ton of stuff. Okay. Uh, I had uh, Al Ducharme, who's a fantastic comic. All all these guys were on television. Okay. Tom Cotter, you know Tom Cotter. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cotter. Yeah, he was there. They were all there that night, yeah. and um, and it was funny because Al Ducharme was going to go at the end, and uh, he came up to me. He goes, "Hey, he, he, would you mind going up at the end?" You know, and I was like. All right, man. So I got to follow all these national headliners. Right. Okay? Oh my gosh. Which I, you know, I could do it. I, I wasn't afraid. I've been, I, you right. know, I was seasoned, but you know, right. I was the one that was not as famous as all of them, and I was, right. I was headlining, and so they killed. They, you know, they went and killed. And the, by that time, the crowd got drunk and rowdy. Because the manager, by the way, of the, the club, <laughs> he loved to get people drunk. Okay. Yeah. He had this shot that he would give 
he would pick a comedian every night and he would give him that shot. And that sh- I don't know what the hell he put in that shot, but it made you so, like, literally halfway through your, halfway, halfway through your routine on the stage. I'm not even kidding. I'm not, well, you wouldn't slur, but halfway through your routine, you'd realize, I'm totally wasted. And every almost every comedian he gave the shot to, I remember Ben Morrison got up one night and he goes, oh, my God, I'm wasted. In the middle of his set. Everybody thought, oh, I could do the shot. I could do the shot. <laughs> and in the middle of the set, they would spend half their set talking about how wasted they were because of the shot. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Anyway, so he loved to get the audience drunk. And, and at, at this point, after after Lynn Coppolitz, after Tom Cotter, after Al Ducharme, the audience was drunk and they were <laughs> rowdy. And there, and there was this girl in the back and she was heckling me. She started heckling me. And yeah. so I started ripping on her and everybody's laughing, right, which is cool. But I wanted to get to my material, course, and so yeah. I called her out because she she wouldn't shut up. And so I, I said, <laughs> "All right, you're so brave. Get up in the come up here to the front, and then we'll see how brave you are." Right? She gets up. She's wasted. She walks to the front, and there's a couch oh at God. the front that was empty. There was a the whole room was packed except for this little couch in the front, and yeah. she laid across the couch oh my and God. started heckling me on the couch. So I'm, I ripped her apart. I swear to God, for about 20 minutes, okay? <laughs> and it was great. The audience was laughing, but I was like, at one point I go, I just looked at the audience. I go, I can't go to my material. It's just not going to work now, right? <laughs> and so a guy in the back got mad and started yelling at her, shut up, bitch. <laughs> oh, no. Shut up. And she shut got, up. And so she, she turns around and goes, you shut up. You shut up. And they start arguing, right? Yeah. And so the audience is laughing their asses off at as they're arguing because I'm making faces going like, oh, what the hell am I yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah, do yeah. now? Yeah. I'm shrugging my shoulders. I'm like, you know, and then I, and I'm like, and I just, they were, they were yelling so loud. I leaned back i just like <coughs> i lean i lean oh, back and what i realized was that i was on the stool and in my head went through the sound window because it was open mm-hmm. right so I, I leaned back and my head went through the through the window right yeah and everybody's laughing and then i look up and i and i and i do that spock thing with my eyebrows right 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 and everybody's like what what is he going to do i st- and the window was small by the way i start crawling through the window to end <laughs> my set right uh-huh. to finish the set and the the roof is blowing off the place everybody's howling people are falling off oh their chairs God. because i'm it's like a it's like a carol burnett or a, a right, johnny right. carson moment right, you know right. i'm crawling through the window and I get halfway through, and there's all the sound equipment. I can't get over the sound equipment, so I'm stuck halfway between the stage and the sound <laughs> and the sound room. And everybody's howling, and they're still arguing. They don't see what's going on. Everybody's going crazy, <laughs> ape shit, right? Oh and God. the manager runs into the sound room, and I go, "Catch me!" And I jump over the sound equipment. And he catches me, and he goes, "That's the end of the show, folks." Everybody jumped up and oh screamed. It was. It was the most astonishing thing. I and the great and obviously you know what the greatest part about it was? What was that? My camera ran out of battery. Oh god. We were taping it in the oh, camera ran out. I swear. You missed all the best part. You missed it. It oh. happens every time something amazing happens. Oh. Every time. But that was oh god. Now was, now was Lisa Lampanelli? Was she really still dirty back then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lisa was always right. dirty. Yeah. I would always have to put her really? at the end. I yeah, couldn't. I was gonna I say. I she scares me, man. <laughs> oh, she's the sweetest. Really, she's the sweet. Yeah, really, she's so sweet. She's really nice. Really, so that's an all an act. Oh yeah, just an yeah, yeah, yeah. Total you act, but then she's like sweet. Yeah, and nice and everything. Yeah, I don't think she'd be able to get very far if she was really like that in person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Say, you know yeah, what I mean? You uh, can't yeah, be like true. that to executives. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, she's very. She's professional. She's got. She got. She's. Uh, she's got her stick. She's. Uh, but she's she's professional. I mean, she's very sweet, very nice. Huh. She used to teach stand up to a lot of people that I that I would book. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, in fact, a lot of comedians uh, before they make it teach stand up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I did it myself. I taught um, in Miami. Uh, we did uh, comedy traffic school. So I taught that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Did that for like, uh, God, two years. So you know Bert Topletsky? I've heard of the name. Okay, I think he started it. I don't know if it was here. He started it name. somewhere, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. pretty cool that you started with that. Of course, uh, Sarah Silverman, she's a huge star. Very funny movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, you know, about my podcast, uh, Danny, like I said, um, you were talking, you, you're making us laugh, which is good. You taught us how you got into making people laugh and getting laughing, just like with me. But now this section comes about when you learn about certain people's lives. And um, I just couldn't believe you told me about this uh, one section of your life that you were dating a supermodel. Yeah. A little, uh, little well, that was just little... shock enough for most people that I was dating a supermodel. <laughs> a little jealous that you were <laughs> dating a supermodel, Dan. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then you told me what happened. She, By the way, she was on Ripley's Believe It or Not on television because she had been on more romance novel covers and magazines than any supermodel alive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just oh my God. one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. But That's incredible. And but she was loco. Like, no. She was crazy. So she probably still is. She basically she stabbed me. Stabbed you? Yeah, she stabbed me. She tell slashed. Us, my, she well. Tell us about that. Like, all right. Really quick, how it happened? Why it happened? Okay, really quick. I don't know why it happened, but I'll tell you what happened. Okay. Um, we were hanging out at a party with the cast from Analyze That. De Niro wasn't there, but a lot of the cast members were there. Okay, right, De Niro. A lot of the, the secondary characters right. were there hanging out at a, a a restaurant that I was actually headlining for a year on Broadway. Uh, called Da Marino, um, beautiful Italian restaurant. So we were hanging out with the cast. We got after the party. She, she was like, "Oh, you got to talk about me at the party. You got to talk to you know promote me. I'll promote you. You promote me, right?" She had like a bottle of wine. I mean, a whole bottle herself. She drank a lot. Oh boy! And then we got back to the apartment. I was kind of half living with her, you know, for six months. And right. we got back to her apartment, and uh, uh, that's right. I was living with a supermodel. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> you living too. Yeah. And we got <laughs> and we got we got back to the apartment, and uh, I was I was I wanted to hang out with my buddies, and she was being she was nagging me, she was mad at me because I hadn't talked. She claimed I didn't talk about her enough to to the celebrities. Oh, one of those scandals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was jealous like, and, I was, and you know. Yeah, and I was controlling like controlling that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and so I was like, I'm, you know what? Screw it. I'm leaving. And, and I got really upset. I, I was thinking about breaking up with her just for that moment. Obviously, the next day I would have begged her back. But right, right. <laughs> I'd be a supermodel. Come on. Right. Um, but uh, she, I, I walked for the door. But, you know, that's not true, though. I got to say one thing. If, I don't li- if someone pisses me off, I don't mm-hmm. care how hot they are. If I think they're a jerk and I can't deal with it, like right. I can't deal with the daily abuse, I'll just, I don't care. I'll leave. Right. And I was to that point, And she, 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 I went for the door. She grabbed a steak knife off the counter, and she slashed my arm right there. You can still see it. You see that scar right there? Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. She slashed it with a steak knife. I I, I never – it was – the adrenaline was pumping. I didn't – I mean, I literally split open almost all the way to the muscle. You could see the fat. You could see – yeah, it was dripping blood, and um, I go, go, do you realize what you just did? She goes, shut up and pick up the garbage. Shut up and pick up the yeah, garbage. Yeah, because she we, slashed your arm. We knocked over the garbage can. Great. She knocked over the garbage can. I knocked it over when we were arguing, whatever. 
Um, it was, there was no violence or anything, but it was, well, that was violent. <laughs> the stats, yeah. like, there was violence on her part. I would say so, yeah. There was no yeah. violence on my part, um, except maybe I might have accidentally, you know, knocked over. The, I don't know if it was me or her, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, I could have been trying to take it out for her and the bag broke. I don't remember. But um, she, uh, I, I grabbed, you know, at that point, I grabbed the knife out of her hand. I threw it on the ground. I was honestly, I don't want to be, I don't want to hit a girl, you know. I figured mm-hmm. I'd get rid of the knife. I picked her up by the shoulders, threw her on the bed, and I went for the door. That's mm-hmm. when she grabbed another knife out of the, that's why I hate knife sets, because there's so many freaking knives there. Another she knife. grabbed another knife, and she stabbed me in the back as I was at the door, like in my back, near, like this close to my kidney. I found this out later. I'll tell you that in a second. But she stabbed me in the back, right? And I kept trying to open the door anyway because I want to get the hell out of there. Right. And and then she just wiggled the blade inside me, and I go, oh, shit. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, man, I got to stop. She wiggled the yeah, blade she, inside She did. And then she grabbed me by the hair with the blade inside my back and oh walked me back into the room. I go, okay, okay. And she walked me back into the room with a blade inside me. And then uh, she pulled the blade out and said, now pick up the trash. <laughs> Okay, like it was nothing. Like it was not. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you have a, a blade inside you, grabbing you by the hair, pick up the trash. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the most uh, important like thing going on right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so, th- so, so, I, 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 I trash pu- smells. Take it out, Danny. Come on. I, I pushed by her. I went went for the intercom at that point, right? And I grabbed the intercom, and. And, and she swiped the knife near my face and grabbed the inter- intercom thing out of my hand. And as she was bringing it down with her hand to smash it against the wall, I screamed, call the police. And then she smashed it and broke it. <sighs> and so I got at that point, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. I either have to knock her out or I have to trick her. So I got down on my hands and knees. I started picking up the trash. She goes, OK, then. Right. <laughs> And she she goes to the counter, she puts the knife down, she walks over to the bed, starts picking up clothes. And that's when I was like, bam, I'm out. And I, oh I got God. out the door. She chased me, she tried to grab me and pull me back in as I got oh, out you the door. Weren't you bleeding and stuff? Oh, oh yeah, man. of course I was bleeding. There was a blade and knife in my back. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. No, I don't bleed, I'm Superman. <laughs> I was going to say, and you're running down there, bleeding and everything. And the it, knife in your back. I go downstairs, I'm out of my mind. The, fuck, the cops are already there. Oh, okay. The cops are already there. And they go, just sit down, relax. They saw the blade, you know, that I got stabbed in the back and all this kind of stuff, literally. Yeah. And they go up, and apparently she tried, they told me, she tried to tell, she put a knife in my bag and tried to tell them that I was trying to hide it. And I, I attacked her first and all this stuff. And she goes, so you got to look in his bag. <laughs> He's got pot in there. He's got blah, blah, blah. She, she put stuff in my bag, whatever. Oh. And and the, you know what the cop said to her when she t- when she what? told him? She go, he goes, "No, screw you! You you stabbed him in the back, bitch." <laughs> really? We're not gonna yeah. We're not gonna look in his bag. So cops actually went on the on on they your on, side. Oh, they were on my your side. Your side, absolutely. Of the woman's was always you know ninety nine percent of the time. But she was the woman's side. It was obvious. Just, yeah. She wasn't injured. It was obvious. I didn't right, touch oh, right, her. Right. Right. It was obvious. She and she stabbed me in the back. In the back. Amazing. You know so what the I mean? Bottom, so you, yeah, and obviously got better and and and. Uh, well, she got arrested, what, she and then got she arrested. got bailed out of jail by the president of a giant jewelry company. Oh, that's right. Of yeah. course, because you know, yeah, she had friends, and then uh, she they automatically put a restraining order on her. Wow. Yeah, and uh, she tried to hold my laptop, and I kept calling her. I said, "I want my laptop back. I want my laptop back." 
I could have sued her and everything, but I was just like, I don't want to deal with it. But she yeah, not, she yeah. hinted at a hitman, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to take any chance. I, I, I don't know. I know what she's capable of. So, but Hey, Danny, is that you? Huh? Here's a, here's yeah, a, you want another freaking knife in your back, Exactly, huh? exactly. Yeah. Here's a crazy thing. When I went to, she finally, because I, you know what I did? I called her up. I, I said, I left a message. I said, if you don't give me my laptop back, I'm bringing the poli- police report to your modeling agency. Oh, and wow. I'm going to hand it to your your agent. Right. And they're going to see that you you stabbed me, in, you know, and got arrested. Right. And she goes, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. She left messages for me. You can't do that. You can't do that. I'll, I'll give you the laptop. I'll leave it with my landlord. I went to her landlord's place. Guess who was waiting there for me? She was. She was. <laughs> she had a restraining order on her, but she didn't care. She didn't care. She begged me to get back with her. She's like, oh, oh please, God. we can work this out. I love you. I miss you. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you... N- I didn't even have to ask. I'm like, no way. No way. Actually, I pretended, to be honest with you, she started to grab me and started to get crazy again. I was worried she was going to get into the stabbing mood again. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, okay. And I kissed her like like I actually wanted to be with her. Yeah. And I just, I got out of there and never talked to her again. Actually, you know, and and then I had a a private investigator call me. She, she, apparently she, she accused a bunch of guys of rape or something. Right. And, uh, it was, you know, this poor innocent guy was, you know, she was accusing. And uh, the, she goes, will you testify? I said, fuck no, I won't. Can I say fuck? <laughs> well, you said it. Okay. We'll, we'll cut it out. <laughs> I was like, hell no, I'm not going to testify. You can bleep that. I was, gonna say. I was like, hell no, I won't testify. I'll give you the police report, and then I never want to hear from you, her, her again or you. And she goes, okay. And she took the police report. So that's my... I thought st- that was bad. I mean, um... Yeah, it's a lot worse than what happened with me. I mean, um, nothing really physical, but uh, some guy basically ripped me off of a thousand dollars, and I uh, and uh, we were friends and in a telemarketing room, got to meet, and I ended up becoming friends with him, hanging out uh, after a few weeks. And uh, bottom line is, he uh, like he let him uh, borrow a thousand dollars, and he never gave it back to me. So I went back to to get it. He's there with a bunch of his guys. Drinking, smoking. Oh wow! Yeah, and I parked my car. It's uh, right, right next to the, um, on top, right uh, south of Ventura Boulevard in the valley here, way on top of uh, the valley. So I hang out and I'm talking to him and say, "Hey, I want my thousand dollars back." And he goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Later on, we'll, we'll try to work." I said, "Dave, I want my thousand dollars back." All of a sudden, some guy comes out and starts running over me. He says, "Hey, uh, hey, buddy, where's your car?" What? Where's your car? I go, what do you mean? I thought that somebody stole my car. Something happened. I go out there into my car, and my car is gone. Remember, I just moved to L.A. just a few years before that. And um, I'm thinking, where is my car? I go out there looking around, and these guys are drinking, and I'm thinking somebody did something. So what happened is I didn't have the brake on my, was loose. The parking brake oh, was loose. Oh, no. It slid and drove by itself down about 50. Yards down this mud, down this road. Remember, we're way on top, overlooking the valley. Right. I'm going. Oh my God! I look over here. My car is 50 yards away, and it stopped. But it was stopped by a telephone pole. Not just a telephone pole. The only telephone pole in the whole mountain where this guy lived. I go. You got to be kidding. So you me. knocked out the communication. This. I can't believe no. Um, actually, it was just weird how that happened. That uh, oh, okay, I got you, got you. Yeah. yeah, it's like 
It was like, I guess the heavens guided it, you know, towards it. And there was not one scratch. That's amazing. Not one scratch, not one dent, nothing. And uh, we ended up, I, we used his AAA. Well, you know <laughs> took, what? That's took a- it out. And um, and then I never saw never saw him again. But I heard he got into trouble and got into jail and stuff like that later on. Well, that's almost Karma, as bad. You know? That's, that's yeah, almost yeah. as bad as my stabbing story. It's <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> well, if, if it did happen, yeah. Well, if it did, ha- if it did happen... Uh, it would have fell over. Like the car would have exploded on on you know, houses. Oh well, yeah, you could have ran over an old lady. Old uh, lady, a, a all kinds of bad We could make up a million stories. A million, what could have happened? What could have happened? Exactly, <laughs> but it didn't happen. But that was kind of a. That still freaks me out after all these years. That was like you know, twelve, thirteen years ago. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Then you said you were doing a show, and then you also said that you got. I can't believe this. The ten muggers. Not- At least, well, they weren't really muggers. What happened was what happened to them? They, they came out of the out of the show. I came out of the show. I was walking home. I just moved to this new street, and it wasn't even normally a dangerous area. But these these punks were hanging on the corner, and you know, I I thought, you know, here's the thing: in New York, if they know you, if they see you there every day, mm-hmm. they don't mess with you because they know you can remember their faces. Mm-hmm. I had moved in like a week before. And I thought, oh, well, they're not going to do anything. I'll just walk by them. It's it's 106th Street in Amsterdam. It's not a bad area. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking by, and one of them comes out and knocks me down. And all of a sudden, they swarm around me. The guys in the inside are kicking me and stomping on my head. And, and you know, basically, oh yeah. They're, they're And the guys in the outside are hanging out. Giving each other five, hanging out, going woo, like they're partying. Yeah, 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 what's up, man? <laughs> like they're partying, so that when, I cut you, man. Come on. No, 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 no. So, no, what they're doing is they're 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 acting like they're partying, so that you can't see the people beating oh. me up on the inside, so that when people walk by, they don't know what's going on. They oh. don't know that the other guys on the inside are kicking the crap out of me. <clears throat> okay. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't one guy walked by, and I'll never forget it. He started yelling, "What are you doing?" He started screaming because he right. realized what was going on. Right. Nobody else said anything. Everybody just walked by. Right. And Thank God the guy did it, but what happened? They, they still they didn't they still were messing with him. But what happened was I realized because they didn't ask for anything. Mm-hmm. I said, "What do they want? What do they want?" Oh man, I got money. I took the, all the money from the show. It was like two hundred something dollars. Mm-hmm. I threw it into the air. Oh man! And they screamed and they go woo and they g- grabbed the money and ran. Oh jeez! And uh, then I went to the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, which was it, by the way the hospital mugged me worse than the muggers. <laughs> Just so you know, seriously, I, the guy the guy. <laughs> You know, the guy's there with the ambulance. He goes, you should get in the ambulance. We should get you checked out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, all right. He drives 10 blocks. You know how much it cost? How much? $500. What? Yeah. $500 to go 10 blocks in the ambulance. I could have gone to a get hospital. Oh, my I could have taken a cab to a hospital in Boston for $500, okay? <laughs> $500. You know what I mean? It's amazing. They, like, like, I'm serious. They mugged me worse than the muggers. They mugged me worse than oh, the muggers. That's so, incredible. Yeah, that's not even including the emergency visit. <laughs> That's just the ambulance. That's amazing, man. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and I didn't have health insurance. So it was like, it couldn't, yeah, it, just, yeah. it, was like, it was like, man, it was like, uh, it was like, it, it was like a game show that, that where you lose money. Right, right. Like you, you lose $10,000 or whatever, you know. It's, but, um. So then you were like kicking around in New York, you know, and all these things happening to you. Then some more personal things happened to you that, um. You got married, you had a divorce. I, I got married, I had a kid. You had a kid, a 10-year-old kid. And uh, and then... Um, I kind of stopped doing comedy shows because ma- being married and all that kind of stuff. And okay. okay. I so stopped, stopped I, well, I stopped producing. 
I right. didn't stop. But, you know, let, let's be honest. Marriage, uh, you know, it can either help your, help your career or it can hamper it. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, God bless her. She's an amazing mother and, and woman. Uh, it's just, it just hamper. But she didn't want the lifestyle. And uh, she didn't, even though she met me, I dragged her in to see a comedy show. That's how I met her. But uh, I stopped. I was going to ask you, so, so obviously she wasn't into acting or comedy. She wasn't for, no, no, she, she was, wasn't, she wasn't an actor, but she loved comedy. Okay. But she just, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's on the other side. She's on the side where you get a job and you, you know. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. And that yeah. kind of thing, which, you know, that's fine. She, you know, but she patrons the arts. She loves the arts. She mm -hmm. loves musicals. She goes to mm -hmm. Broadway all the time. She's an incredible person. We just weren't meant to be together. Right. And so, you know, we got, we got separated and then I moved out here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, how, I, how long were you, how long were you together? Nine, ten years, nine, ten, ten years, years. yeah, wow. ten years, ten years, yeah. Okay, something like that. Nine years, yeah. My son's gonna be ten, so we, we got married right. And then you you ran into some financial problems, and then you end up living in a van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I moved out really? here. Yeah, I I had out uh, here in L.A. Yeah, what happened was uh, um, I didn't have a lot of money, obviously. Yeah, you, you know, you get separated. Of course, I came of out course. here. Uh, I just, I really, I, remind me of Chris Farley, you know, living in a van by the river. You have no, you have no idea how much I hate that right now because everybody said that. Every single person oh, really? said that. Every yeah, okay. single human being that heard I lived in a van said yeah. that. And they all thought the it river. Was, they all thought they were the first person to say it and they all laughed. You yeah, know? <laughs> I know. The first thing that came to my mind when you told me. It's it's, it's, it's like the, the poor guy named Lou Lipschitz, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. birds shit on your lips, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody says the same joke and they think it's you know, oh, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. And it's uh but I uh yeah, I I I had had a couple I had a great experience with one guy who let me stay in his place for free for like six months, good buddy. Uh, then I had he I I I had to move out. He was moving, and I had to move mm -hmm, out. Mm -hmm. Then I, I I went with this other friend of mine that uh, wound up being I, I don't want to talk about it, but he mm -hmm. was, he he wound up being crazy. And we're not friends anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I I moved in with these guys who yeah, I met through a, I the, met through a celebrity. So I thought they'd be they'd be cool. And are you allowed to say the celebrity's name or no? No. No, I don't want to say his name. He's okay. a good guy. I don't want to. Okay. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's got enough. He's had enough bad press in his life. He's a good guy. Uh, okay. And it wasn't his fault. Um, but I met these guys, and uh, oh yeah, we got a place in Venice Beach. We got a we got a room. You can, it's all yours. Blah 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 blah. You know. Um, and I get there, and uh, I get out of the car. I got all my stuff. I get there, and these guys are walking with no shirts on, flip flops, drunk off their ass. No, they're like hugging me. Hey, buddy. Hey, we saw your YouTube videos, man. We're, <laughs> we're fans. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it. Hey, by the way, the the the, the bikini model that was living with us uh, broke a flower pot over his head and got arrested. <laughs> so she's not living there anymore. And so you got your own room now, man. Yeah. And and I get dude, in, come on, you know, <laughs> this man. All right. So let's already, go. already, I I thought there was a slick <laughs> couple of red flags, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> at that yeah, point. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I got in there. There's no furniture. There's another red flag. Oh, geez, no furniture. And before I, by the end of the night, the guy nothing in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for it's ex a beer, except fish sticks. They fish had sticks. fish sticks. 
fish sticks. They had fish sticks. <laughs> and, and they, Essentially, a, a drugged out alcoholic, you know. Dude, you want something to eat? What do you got? Fish sticks, that's man. All, that's all they had. They had fish sticks. And they threw them on a pan, threw it in the oven, and they had, they were oh doing shit. Oh, my God, fish sticks. I haven't had this since 1975. Yeah, yeah. You know? I know. They were doing shots. They, the one guy, all he did was shots all day. Oh shots all day long. I don't know how his liver <laughs> took it. Honestly, I've never seen such an alcoholic. Oh my and the God. other guy, the other guy was almost as bad. He didn't quite get quite as drunk, but he, he was like stabbing the cutting board going, I, I want to kill him. I want to kill him. I want to kill oh him. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, the first thing he said to me was, oh, by the way, just so you know, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> he admits it. That's what he said to me. He admits it. Yeah, he said I almost killed my father. Excuse me, uh, sir, but I'm a psychopath, and, uh, <laughs> and I want to kill somebody, okay? Yeah. Not you, but somebody else, okay? And uh... and I'm like, well, maybe I could give this a try. So, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had nowhere else to go. Right. And so I'm, I, there's no furniture, by the way, in the entire place. Okay, so I'm sleeping on a hardwood floor for the first few nights, right? I buy an air mattress. I come home. I had been there maybe a week. I, I come back. I had a great night with my buddy. I come back. I'm all happy. I walk in. The guy who does shot, shots all the time, his whole face is smashed in. Ugh. It's bloody, right? And I'm and, and the other guy's yelling him, "You're stupid! You're stupid idiot!" Like that. Yeah. And so I go in. And I go. And I, I'm like, "Did you do this, Tim?" He goes, "No, man." He walked by a crack house and yelled at a car, and they jumped <laughs> out of the car and beat the hell out of him. And I'm like, great, great. So, you know, we get to call the ambulance, you know, and everything. And we're trying to get the, he, he won't, he doesn't want to go in the ambulance. Oh, God. You know, and we're trying to get the ambulance. And I'm trying to, call, the ambulance is like, what's the problem? What's the problem? And I go, oh, well, he's, he's beaten up and all this stuff. And can you describe <laughs> what happened? And I try to describe it. And the, the, the psychopath grabs the phone and goes, give me that. Listen, bitch, we need an ambulance right now. <laughs> and he starts yelling at her. And she goes, and then she starts yelling back at him. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just really friggin' pissed off and upset because my buddy's all beat up, even though he wants to kill him. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right. So the ambulance gets oh there, God. and as soon as they get there, they go, oh, you guys again. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what they said. You guys again. You guys, you guys again. That's, how long did you live in the van for? Um, I lived, uh, God, I must have lived there for uh, a few months. Really? I lived there for a few months. Then On I, the beach or something? Or did you, did you, did you, no, I just parked. Just, I, I parked. parked the, the she girl, was parking on the streets. Yeah. It wasn't my van. The, the, this girl lent me the van, and so I parked across from her place. She's oh, okay. a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, Loa Alabach. She's a great musician. She's got an amazing band called The Organ Donors. But anyway, I would. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I stayed across the street from her so I could get her Wi-Fi, and then I joined the gym so I could shower. So I actually, right, it, right. it got me in shape, which was good. So now we're talking about um, the positive side of your life. Positive and, side uh, of my life. Um, talking about living. Uh, you, again, you, you mentioned uh, you did. Uh, Hundreds of voiceover commercials. I've done a lot since I've been out here, actually. Uh, Queen Latifah show. Yep, yep. Um, but since I've been out here, those were all in the past. I did a lot of stuff in the past, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But since I've been out here, I did a National Wells Fargo commercial that was out. That's right, yeah. I did, uh, uh, I get my cartoon series that I, I play a regular character in has gone to the Cartoon Network now mm -hmm. called Angelo Rules. Um, I've... Uh, I've I've actually directed eight commercials recently and and helped edit them. Uh, I got my series that uh, called "Who Killed the Bible Salesman" that I've shot, got money for to shoot two more episodes from. Right. We premiered it at the Improv and right. I've done all the big clubs. But you mentioned another really cool thing. Well, before the end end of the show is that um, you know you're into 
positive thinking and yeah. and and yeah. um a lot of negativity out there. Well, yeah, yeah. And if, you're talking about the religious aspect and that yeah. type of thing. Uh, again, about my book and what I was saying to everybody is that, and I mentioned to you when when you talked to me a couple of days at Dimples. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, was I hosting? I was. Or was you're I, hosting. Yeah, I was hosting that night. Yeah, you're hosting. Yeah, yeah, that, that night. Dim- Dimples in Burbank. I host Dimples. every Saturday, guys. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But you told me that. Um, you know, you, you want to stay away from the negativity, and I told him that you were mentioning about religions, and I tell everybody in my book, What's a Little Wind, that uh, all religions are great. I think they're all wonderful. Yeah. You can believe in a religion if you want to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Right. Okay? It's totally up to you. But, uh, you know, I've had stories in my last podcast where I almost drowned. All of a sudden... During the podcast? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. You must have been drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now this one story I just told you about how the only telephone pole stopped my car from going over the cliff. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. You know, know I mean, there's got to be some kind of guidance. There's got to be some kind of... There definitely is. I believe, you know, I believe guidance there is. There and and um, I really do believe that, and, I, and a lot of people do. Uh, give me your aspect on, on that. Okay. I believe here's here's the thing. I, I everybody's like uh, the world's going to, he- to hell in a handbasket, right? Okay, right. and it kind of is. But you know, people keep trying to fight other people to save the world. That's not how it's right. going to work. Okay, in my opinion, in my opinion, the the only way to save the this world is for each of us to start thinking about trying to focus on positive, do do good good deeds, do positive things. Um, I, kn- I know this sounds altruistic, it sounds idealistic, but I'll tell you something. Um, I saw the movie What the Bleep Do We Know. It's a movie uh, about this kind of thing, how you mm. create your own destiny and all this okay. stuff. And I know a lot of people don't believe it. They do this, yeah. but they do this uh, experiment. <clears throat> this They talked about this Japanese guy who did this experiment. He labeled bottles of water, love, peace, serenity, happiness. Then other bottles of water, he, he would write the words uh, hatred, uh, sickness, uh, death, uh, murder, whatever, all these mm-hmm. negative words. Mm-hmm. And the next day, uh, after I think partially freezing the water or something, he looked at the crystalline structure of the water the next day of each of the bottles. And the ones with positive words formed beautiful crystalline structures. The ones with negative words formed ugly amorphous structures. Now, people debate this experiment, which, of course, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll tell you what I did. I had an epiphany. I, I said, I'm going to test this theory. With, mm-hmm. with myself, we're mostly water, right? Yeah, I'm gonna that's I'm gonna imagine that I got an imaginary post-it note on my brain all the mm-hmm. time with one word, love. Hmm. Okay. Once I did that, I stopped. It, it, I stopped being my own worst enemy. Instead of walking into a comedy club, a new comedy club, and go, "Oh, they hate me because I'm taking their spots," and which they do, right? You know, right? And right. and instead of worrying about that, I go, "Wait a minute, I'm thinking love." It's not my problem. It's their problem. So I didn't even... Right. Th- I, I'm When you're thinking that word, you can't possibly be doing anything wrong right. unless you're stabbing someone while you're thinking it. Right, right. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're just thinking the word and you're... Like a supermodel. And yeah. You're, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's lust. Um, <laughs> but if, if you're thinking love, you know, you, you can't get on your own case. You can't say, I'm a bad guy because you're thinking the word love. How could you possibly be a bad guy if Correct. you're thinking the word love? Correct. So, it, and, and, it, and it's amazing how it, it, it simplified all the self-help for me mm-hmm. because I literally, I, all, my, all my fears, all my uh, 
stuff would go away because I'd say, wait a minute, what's the solution? Think the word. Mm-hmm. Imagine the word in my head. And mm-hmm. it's not like I had to feel it or anything at first. I just right. imagined the letters in my head. Right. And then the seed grew and it grew and it grew. And I've told other people about it, only people who will listen usually. Right. But it's, 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 it makes a, a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. And this leads into what I was saying before. If people focus on positivity, stop. Facebook kind of gives you waves of negative things and people yeah, it does. argue it does. and they, they, they fight each other over it and all this it does, stuff. Yeah. And then they send waves of positive things. Mm-hmm. So, so it just shows me that they're testing to see how much they can control the pop- population through the yeah, media. And a lot of people respond to negative things on Facebook and Twitter and right. and the news and the, and all that. And most of it's lies. You know, and li- lies. And, yeah, most and, of it's and, lies. You know, and they can literally, they're testing to see how they can destroy celebrities or destroy people's careers yeah, exactly. with this media. I mean, exactly. And so, so why? My, why do you want to do that? I mean, because they want to control people. Right. And so, what I, my, my proposal is for everyone if you would stop, don't argue with those people. Don't, you can, if you glance at those things and you start to get an anger feeling, move past it. It's all lies anyway. Don't mm-hmm. even look at the good things. Look at the positive things. Look at the, focus on the, on the, on the good. When you're when you're walking around, don't focus on the negative stuff people are doing. Focus on the good things you see people doing. Yeah. Think about yeah. good things you can do. Okay. And what happens is and look at other people's lives and 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 uh, um, you know, you look at them and say, wow, you know, there's a homeless guy or or uh, you know, guy in a wheelchair, and the whole thing is like, you people complain about their lives, and then when they look at it, they say, wow, my life have is perspective. Not, yeah, yeah, perspective again. The whole perspective but, on, but they, on life. You know, it's. Yeah, but the big thing about it is it, the more people that start doing this, the more people that start doing this, and the more people that seek out good people. I always, when I people are like, how do you schmooze? I, I don't schmooze. Yeah. I go out and look for good people. Mm-hmm. Good people to develop relationships with who are interested in the business just like I am. Right. Who, people who I think will be loyal, people who I think won't backstab me. The more good people that gather together, the more good amasses. And right. as, as people continue to do this and avoid the negative, and don't buy into the media. Don't listen to their negative crap. It's true, yeah. It's all lies. Look for the good stuff. And the more people that do that, all of a sudden, it's going to grow. Snowball effect. And, and, and they're going to burn themselves out like embers in the fire. All yeah. the negative people, all the, because no, once everybody starts ignoring all the negative, they're going right. to be weak. They're going to be useless, and they're going to fade away. Right. That's the way to change the world. It's the only way. It's- I remember like 20 years ago, I, I thought about this 25 years ago. I thought about why doesn't anybody create a newspaper called The Good News? It's all That's amazing. Good. News. I wanted to create a network for called I swear, that. I swear, yep. seriously, yep. I wanted to create something where it's all good news. Yes, and I, <clears throat> I'm telling you, I would love to. I would love to do that. And I talked to a lot of people, and they said, "No, nah, won't work." I go, "Why?" Jeff? It will Why? work. I go, "Well, uh, I'm just telling you the negative people." But they basically oh, said, "You're listening to the negative." People. I, mean, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. They're I don't. All, don't <clears throat> I don't give a crap. And they're Honestly. all saying. They're all saying that no one's going to read it. Honestly. I don't care. You what, know, you got to stop caring about what they think because that's what every. That if, if if all the people who created great stuff listened to those people, there would never be any great stuff created. Okay, the only way to create great things and to do something like you're talking about right now is to ignore the naysayers and just do it, and just do it. Now you've gone through um, pretty amazing. I mean, going on about an hour now, um, and you've got some pretty amazing things in your life, and I uh, making people laugh. And then we learned about uh, you know supermodel and that whole situation there. Yeah, I told you about my phone pole that stopped my car from killing people and all that. Um, and I just said some great things about uh, being positive. 
um, what is your intake and uh, what is your uh, message to our listeners at the very end of Comics Karma on uh, on life and uh, what do you want people to know about the things that you've gone through and what people should always consider? My, I, th- I think the one thing that I would try to get across to people is if you want to save this planet, if you want to save... You've got to, you've got, you've got to grow within. You've got to grow within. You've got to become a good person. You've got to surround yourself with good people, and that is how you're going to save the world. That's the only way to save the world. You're not going to do it by fighting politicians. You're not going to be. Believe me, when enough good people get together and they focus on good things, eventually the, the, everything else is going to become weak. They're going to become weak, right? And and they're going to become powerless automatically. And and I think. Well, you are what you think. And when it comes to mm-hmm. art, when it comes to art, do it the way you want to do it. You have to have one vision for a project. Do it the way you want to do it. Say, hey, if you have to with your friends, say, hey, let's do this one my way. We'll do my vision. I mean, I'm not saying don't listen to anybody. Right. You always listen to people. But right. it's got to, you got to, you got to follow, you, if you've got a vision, you've got a dream, and you know it's going to be good, and you've got people who believe in it. Well, do it. Do it, do it that way with yeah. with your friends, with the people who believe in it, and and don't worry about the money because you got you've got digital video today. You can do it. I mean, you can do. It. I'd rather see crappy well, the, production quality and a great right, movie right. than a great production quality and just the cookie cutter crap. That's well, out classic there. examples of Hollywood is uh, Billy Bob Thornton. You know, he did. Uh, yep. Uh, Sling Blade. Yep. Um, he didn't expect. I remember him in an interview. He didn't expect to be a star. Yep. He moved to L.A., flat broke, just like you were when I was when I moved here. Yep. Uh, just came up with some idea, came up with, went in front of the mirror, started, mm, mm, right. I mean, all this. Just curated it, wrote it, and then and then I guess there was a small little one-man show apparently with it, and people saw it, and look what happened. And he didn't expect to be a star. Stallone, same thing. He wrote Rocky. They didn't want to be in it. He said, not going to be it. I not want to do it. And look what happened to him. Yep. The best, okay? th- th- that's amazing. what I'm saying. The best things, so, the best things that, that that come out, the best, the things that make people explode are the, are the things that they do the way they want to do it. And, correct. And in my first episode of Who Killed the Bible Salesman, we did it our way. We did it for 150 bucks and we shot, I didn't even expect anything to come out of it. Right. All of a sudden we're at the improv and, and we got producers offering us, uh, you know, $3,000, $10,000 hmm. per episode. You know, and yeah, I, I didn't amazing, even yeah. I didn't even think it was going to be an episodic. It was just right. supposed to be a short. Right. But it, if you do what you love, what you feel, what you want to do yourself, that's when that's when stuff will happen. It's not when you cater to other people and try to give them the, what they want. That's absolutely true. That's that is uh, that is the message of uh, of this podcast of uh, Danny McDermott, John Perinci, and um, and uh, I just tell everybody to basically. Follow your dreams. Yep. Don't be a wuss. Don't be a wuss. Don't take negativity from anybody. Yep. Just keep on going after it. Go after it, after it. Plow ahead. Plow ahead. Because you only have one life. That we know of. That we know of. So far. So far. (laughs) But one life. But um, that was great. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Again, thank you very much for Dan McDermott for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, really, really great stories, man. I really appreciate it. It's uh, fantastic, and uh, it's amazing. I met you two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> now you know my whole life story. <laughs> well, see, that's that's again part of karma. I was supposed to meet you. There you go. And I haven't been to Dimples in over six months. Seriously, but um, 
Thank you again for everyone for listening to, again, Comics Karma. And we'll see you next week. And, uh, again, follow your dreams and never, never be negative and keep positive. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you.